0: This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is A daily audio bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Owen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading: Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12, through Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 10. He stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire assembly of Israel, and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform and had placed it in the middle of the enclosure. It was seven and a half long seven and a half wide, and four and a half feet high. He stood on it and then got down on his knees in front of the entire assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands towards the sky and prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You maintain covenantal loyalty to your servants who obey you with sincerity. You have kept your word to your servants, my father David. This very day you have fulfilled what you promised. Now, O Lord God of Israel, keep the promise you made to your servant, my father David, when you said, You will never fail to have a successor ruling before me on the throne of Israel, provided that your descendants watch their step and obey my law as you have done. Now, O Lord God of Israel, may the promise you made to your servant David be realized. God does not really live with humankind on the earth. Look. If the sky in the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. But respond favorably to your servant's prayer and his request for help, O Lord my God. Answer the desperate prayer your servant is presenting to you. Night and day may you watch over this temple, the place where you promised you would live. May you answer your servant's prayer for this place. Respond to the request of your servant and your people Israel for this place. Hear from your heavenly dwelling place and respond favorably and forgive. When someone is accused of sinning against his neighbor and the latter pronounces a curse on the alleged offender before your altar in this temple, listen from heaven and make a just decision about your servant's claims. Condemn the guilty party, declare the other innocent, and give both of them what they deserve. If your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they sinned against you, then if they come back to you, renew their allegiance to you, and pray for your help before you in this temple, then listen from heaven. Forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave them and their ancestors. The time will come when the skies are shut up tightly and no rain falls because your people sinned against you. When they direct their prayers towards this place, renew their allegiance to you and turn away from their sin because you punish them. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Certainly, you will then teach them the right way to live and send rain on your land that you have given your people to possess. The time will come when the land suffers from a famine, a plague, blight, and disease, or a locust invasion, or when their enemy lay siege to the cities of the land, or when some other type of plague or epidemic occurs. When all your people Israel pray and ask for help as they acknowledge their intense pain and spread out their hands towards this temple, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place, forgive their sin, and act favorably towards each one based on your evaluation of their motives. Indeed, you are the only one who can correctly evaluate the motives of all people. Then they will honor you by obeying you throughout their lifetimes as they live on the land you gave to our ancestors. Foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will come from a distant land because of your great reputation and your ability to accomplish mighty deeds. They will come and direct their prayers towards this temple. Then listen from your heavenly dwelling place and answer all the prayers of the foreigners. Then all the nations of the earth will acknowledge your reputation, obey you as your people, Israel, do, and recognize that this temple I built belongs to you. When you direct your people to march out and fight their enemies, and they direct their prayers to you towards this chosen city and this temple I built for your honor, then listen from heaven to their prayers for help and vindicate them. The time will come when your people will sin against you, for there is no one who is sinless, and you will be angry at them and deliver them over to their enemies, who will take them as prisoners to their land, whether far away or close by. When your people come to their senses in the land where they are held prisoner, they will repent and beg for your mercy in the land of their imprisonment, admitting we have sinned, and gone astray. We have done evil. When they return to you with all their heart and being in the land where they are held prisoner and direct their prayers towards the land you gave to their ancestors, your chosen city, and the temple I built for your honor, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place to their prayers for help. Vindicate them and forgive your sinful people. Now, my God, may you be attentive and responsive to the prayers offered in this place. Now ascend, O Lord God, to your resting place you and the ark of your strength. May your priests, O Lord God, experience your deliverance. May your loyal followers rejoice in the prosperity you give. O Lord God, do not reject your chosen ones. Remember the faithful promises you made to your servant David. Chapter 7, Solomon Dedicates the Temple. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the Lord's splendor filled the temple. The priests were unable to enter the Lord's temple because the Lord's splendor filled the Lord's temple. When all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the Lord's splendor over the temple, they got on their knees with their faces downward towards the pavement. They worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, "'Certainly he is good.'" Certainly, his loyal love endures. The king and all the people were presenting sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon sacrificed 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. Then the king and all the people dedicated God's temple. The priests stood in their assigned spots, along with the Levites, who had the musical instruments used for praising the Lord. These were the ones King David made for giving thanks to the Lord, and which were used by David when he offered praise, saying, Certainly his loyal love endures. Opposite the Levites, the priests were blowing the trumpets while all Israel stood there. Solomon consecrated the middle of the courtyard that is in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt sacrifices, grain offerings, and the fat from the peace offerings there because the bronze altar that Solomon had made was too small to hold all these offerings. At that time, Solomon and all Israel with him celebrated a festival for seven days. This great assembly included people from Lebo Hamath in the north to the stream of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, they held an assembly, for they had dedicated the altar for seven days and celebrated the festival for seven more days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, Solomon sent the people home. They left happy and contented because of the good the Lord had done for David, Solomon, and his people, Israel. 1 Kings 8, verse 54, through chapter 9, verse 9. When Solomon finished presenting all these prayers and requests to the Lord, he got up from before the altar of the Lord, where he had kneeled and spread out his hands towards the sky. When he stood up, he pronounced a blessing over the entire assembly of Israel, saying in a loud voice, The Lord is worthy of praise because he has made Israel his people secure, just as he promised. Not one of all the faithful promises he made through his servant Moses is left unfulfilled. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he not abandon us or leave us. May he make us submissive so we can follow all his instructions and obey the commandments, rules, and regulations he commanded our ancestors. May the Lord our God be constantly aware of these requests of mine I have presented to him, so that he might vindicate his servant and his people Israel as the need arises. Then all the nations of the earth will recognize that the Lord is the only genuine God. May you demonstrate wholehearted devotion to the Lord our God by following his rules and obeying his commandments. As you are now doing, Solomon dedicates the temple. The king and all Israel with him were presenting sacrifices to the Lord. Solomon offered as peace offerings to the Lord 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. Then the king and all the Israelites dedicated the Lord's temple. That day, the king consecrated the middle of the courtyard that is in front of the Lord's temple. He offered there burnt sacrifices, grain offerings, and the fat from the peace offerings. Because the bronze altar that stood before the Lord was too small to hold all these offerings, at that time, Solomon and all Israel with him celebrated a festival before the Lord our God for two entire weeks. This great assembly included people from all over the land, from Libo in the north to the stream of Egypt in the south. On the 15th day, after the festival started, he dismissed the people. They asked God to empower the king and then went to their homes, happy and content because of all the good the Lord had done for his servant David and his people Israel. Chapter 9 The Lord gives Solomon a promise and a warning. After Solomon finished building the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and all the other construction projects he had planned, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time. In the same way he appeared to him at Gibeon, the Lord said to him, I have answered your prayer and your request for help that you made to me. I have consecrated this temple you built by making it my permanent home. I will be constantly present there. You must serve me with integrity and sincerity, just as your father David did. Do everything I command and obey my rules and regulations. Then I will allow your dynasty to rule over Israel permanently, just as I promised your father David. You will not fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons ever turn away from me, fail to obey the regulations and rules I instructed you to keep, And decide to serve and worship other gods. Then I will remove Israel from the land I have given them. I will abandon this temple I have consecrated with my presence. And Israel will be mocked and ridiculed among all the nations. This temple will become a heap of ruins. Everyone who passes by it will be shocked and will hiss out their scorn, saying, Why did the Lord do this to this land and this temple? Others will then answer, Because they abandoned the Lord their God, who led their ancestors out of Egypt. They embraced other gods whom they worshipped and served. That is why the Lord has brought all this disaster down on them. Psalm 48, a song, a psalm of the Korahites. The Lord is great and certainly worthy of praise in the city of our God, his holy hill. It is lofty and pleasing to look at, a source of joy to the whole earth. Mount Zion resembles the peaks of Zaphon. It is the city of the great king. God is in its fortresses. He reveals himself as its defender. For look, the kings assemble they advance together. As soon as they see, they are shocked. They are terrified. They quickly retreat. Look at them, shake uncontrollably, like a woman writhing in childbirth. With an east wind, you shatter the large ships. We heard about God's mighty deeds. Now we see them in the city of the Lord of heaven's armies, in the city of our God. God makes it permanently secure. Selah. Within your temple, we reflect on your loyal love, O God. The praise you receive as far away as the ends of the earth is worthy of your reputation, O God. You execute justice. Mount Zion rejoices. The towns of Judah are happy because of your acts of judgment. Walk around Zion. Encircle it. Count its towers. Consider its defenses. Walk through its fortresses so you can tell the next generation about it. For God, our God, is our defender forever. He guides us. Your word is true. New Testament reading. Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 40. Marriage and the resurrection. The same day Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, Teacher, Moses said if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and father children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The second did the same, and the third, down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are deceived, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven." Now, as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were amazed at his teaching, the greatest commandment. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they assembled together. And one of them, an expert in religious law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. The greatest commandment. Now, one of the experts in the law came and heard them debating. When he saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The expert in the law said to him, That is true, teacher. You are right to say that he is one and that there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered thoughtfully, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Then no one dared any longer to question him. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks and praise for another opportunity to hear your word, to reflect on it, to consider it, to be strengthened and corrected and built up by it, O Lord. Thank you for the gift of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit to explicate it to us, to expound it to us, to cause it to make relevant connections, O Lord. We pray, O oh God, that we would would grow in our biblical study, the tools, our, our resources to do that very thing, O oh Lord. We pray, oh God, that we would be able to read contextually, that we would be considering your words in light of the hermeneutic of your love and character, the hermeneutic of your holiness, O oh God, that that would help us to interpret and understand your word. O oh God, we pray, O oh Lord, that we would be able to read your scripture in proper context, considering its first listeners, its first hearers, O oh God. And, oh Lord, we would be able to understand the ways in which your word fits together, the way that it connects, that it, the way that it is interconnected, oh Lord, and what it means for us today, for you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so we ask that you would speak by the power of the Holy Spirit through your word to us even now. God, we are mindful and we are reminded about the greatest commands to love you, oh God all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. For you are God and God is one. And to love our neighbor as ourself, O Lord. But God, we are reminded that we can't do any of that in our own strength. We know that it is right and good and that you deserve glory and honor and our obedience. Our praise and our worship must show up in obedience to your commands, to your will, to your ethics, to your way. We cannot simply praise you or claim that we are your children or claim whatever society uh, benefits that we receive in this cultural context by claiming to be Christian without obeying your word, without knowing it, without reflecting on it, without living in obedience to your word, oh God. So we don't want to be just Christian in name. We want to be real Christians, real followers of Christ. And so we ask, oh God, that you would pour out your spirit today. There is not a day, there is not a moment where we do not need you desperately in this Christian life. And so we need you, oh God, to pour out your spirit that we might love you, the one who has loved us most purely and truly, and the one who loved us first. We need you to pour out your spirit, oh God, that we might love our neighbor, that we might love others well, that we might consider them that we might not live selfishly. Oh God, that we might cast down these, these fears that we have that cause us to seek domination of others, that cause us to make idols out of others, oh God. We need more of you, more of your spirit, more of your empowerment to obey your commands. God, we pray that we might be able to worship you through our obedience. And we thank you, O God, for loving us first. We thank you for your forgiveness and for your empowerment by the Spirit. We thank you for this word today, which convicts us and strengthens us at the same time. It is in your name that we pray and we entrust ourselves. Amen and amen. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers.